Welcome back. I'm so glad that you're here. So about a month ago, I noticed something interesting happening on my social media streams. Many of my friends have kiddos who are seniors in high school this year, and I was seeing all of these pictures of lasts. The last first day of school, the last homecoming dance, the last sports game. And because I had my kiddos later in life, my kiddos are just starting school. This got me thinking about all of the different things that you have to plan for when you have high school seniors. And being a college professor, I really got to thinking about what are the things that you need to do to help your kids plan for college, especially financially. And so around this time, I'm thinking about all these different things, and today's guest reached out to me. And so I'm so thrilled to welcome today's incredible guest, who's going to guide us through the intricate world of college funding. So whether your kids are still little or in high school or already on the cusp of college life, you are in for a treat. In this episode, we're joined by Brad Baldridge, and he is a true expert in college financial planning. He has over 20 years of experience. He's not only a private practice wizard, but also the host of the Taming the High Cost of College podcast. So you are in excellent hands. Brad will share invaluable insights on how to plan and save for college with smart and effective strategies. Whether you're just starting your family's educational journey or you're on the final stretch, this episode has something for everyone. We're going to cover the essentials like when and how to start saving for college, financial aid, scholarships, and so much more. So stay tuned to gain the knowledge and confidence that you need to make your children's college dreams come true without compromising your financial well-being. So join me in welcoming Brad Baldridge to Plan Go Plan. Let's dive into the world of college funding and set those goals with purpose. Do you want to feel less scattered and more focused, but the idea of goal setting sounds like adding more pressure to your already pressure-filled life? If so, welcome to the Plan Go Plan podcast. I'm Danielle McGue. I'm a professor, mom, planner addict, and recovering overachiever. After years of hustle and grind, I was tired of trying harder. I was ready to try easier. At the intersection of research, practice, and play, I found a purposeful path to planning and goal setting that is fun, simple, and sustainable. If you're ready to try easier, if you're ready to make memories and do meaningful work, grab a pen. I will equip you with tools and practices to clarify purpose, reclaim time, and achieve goals playfully and lightly. Let's get started. So setting and achieving financial goals is so wildly important to our well-being, which is why I am so excited for today's guest, Brad Baldridge. Brad is one of the nation's leading college financial planning experts, and he teaches families the best way to plan, save, and pay for college so that they can make their children's college dreams come true without wiping out their finances or their retirement. So Brad, Thank you so much for being with us today and welcome to Plan Go Plan. Thank you for having me. So to get started, you know, when I think about my listeners and I think about all the different places that they're at, some are kind of like me and they have littles, right? So I have a five and a seven-year-old. They're not little littles, but they're also not bigs yet. And then I have some other listeners that, you know, their kids are in high school and they're getting ready to go to college and some are just launching their kids into college. So let's kind of start with people that maybe have kiddos that are my age. What would we need to start doing early on so that we can plan for college and plan to pay for college? Right. So I think the biggest challenge and 
and to be clear, what we're really talking about is what I would call early stage planning. So early stage planning is kind of anything before high school. So, you know, you've got kids in kindergarten or whatever it is, or even, hey, we're pregnant. Should we start planning for college? All of that is early stage because you don't really know, you know, you're not doing specifics. You're not visiting colleges. You're not doing any of the details, but you're saying, well, education is important to us. We hear it's expensive. What are we going to do about that? And for some families, it's setting up some sort of college savings goal. For other families, it just might be structuring your life so that when college gets there, it's not a complete shock to the system. Because I think that's the reality of, you know, saving two or $300 a month might be a reasonable goal per student mm-hmm. where, and again, it's not going to cover everything, but it might get you there. So some families, you know, if you've got two or three kids, you're saying, well, I need to be saving 600 to 900 a month for college on top of retirement, on top of, you know, and unfortunately the answer is yes. Now for some families, less would work or for some families you're going to skip it all together. Or, you know, I, I've had families say things like, well, daycare is crazy expensive right now. We can't possibly. It's like, okay, well, you can delay it, but you're just going to have to save more later, whatever that might mean. But I think the biggest picture is if education is important and it's it has to be part of the pie. So it might be a 10% piece of the pie of your overall life earnings or whatever it might be, however you want to look at it. But a lot of families ignore it until it gets here. Then they go, oh my God, I can't afford this. You know, I, I work with a lot with parents in high school and I'll have families earning $200,000 say, we have no money for college. And then I'll have families earning a hundred thousand say we have no money for college, but that other guy that has 200,000 a year in income, he should, it should be so easy for him because he's got a hundred thousand more than we have. But the reality is for most families, your expenditures grow about as fast as your income. And if we don't learn how to save it and we don't realize that college is coming, it is going to be a shock to the system where again, a lot of families are saying things like, well, you know, I say, well, we might need a hundred, a uh, thousand a month to make this work. And they say, well, we've got a hundred a month. This doesn't, you know, this is not going to work out well, it seems like. So I think that's the the challenge. So from there, it's okay. Should we set up an actual savings plan or just save it in, you know, general funds so that we have more money when we get there? So it's a tough call. Some people will want to do a very specific, this is for college and other families might just say, we'll save it in a bank or we'll save it in an investment or we'll save it wherever we save it. It doesn't have to be for college for sure. It will be if that's what we need it for. But if our kids choose to not go to college or they win a bunch of scholarships and and college is free, then we can redirect the college money to some other goal, whether it's retirement or bigger vacations or whatever. So it sounds like to me that a really important part of the process is one, just acknowledging that you're thinking about the future and that you're creating a plan and that then you're making some clear decisions about like, well, how do we want to do it as a family and what are we going to be most comfortable with? And what's possible for us now? And can we make it possible for us now so that it's a little bit easier down the down the road? Now, for my listeners that might be a little bit closer to launching their kids off to college, when you get to those later stages, what are some of the things around the college process that parents should be thinking about? Yeah, once you get to late stage, now it's kind of a you know one way to think about it and ba- based on some of the topics that you've covered is it's kind of a family project Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to figure out, set some goals and do some things and try and figure out the whole process. Now, there are no deadlines till the senior year of high school, as far as the colleges are concerned. You know, the colleges say we want applications for admission in the fall of your senior year. We want financial aid applications in the fall of your senior year. We want 
And then we'll tell you if we accept you and all that stuff and all that whole process through the senior year, the timeline is set by the colleges. What families need to understand is you have, you know, all of junior year and maybe some of sophomore year to be ready for senior year. So you need to set some goals. So I typically tell families that during your junior year and maybe in early into the sophomore year as well, is you need to start understanding, are you going to qualify for financial aid? Are you going to get need-based aid? Are you going to get merit aid? What is your typical state school cost and how does it match up to your students and all that type of stuff? So the finances of not just the full price, again, Harvard and Stanford, they're 85000 a year, at least that's their list price. A lot of people can go to Stanford and Harvard for free, however, based on need-based aid. So it's not so much the list price, it's what's the net price going to be. And then how, ultimately, how are you going to pay for it? But then all the other pieces as well. How are we going to get accepted? Are we going to, how many tests are we going to take? Are we going to do test prep? What about the extracurriculars and the, in the high school? All the things the student is going to need to do around applications and essays, all the things the parents are going to do around financial aid and need-based aid and the financial stuff. And then the stuff that you're going to do together, things like visiting colleges and trying to figure out what your student wants to be when they grow up and deciding if test prep is worth it and all the different services out there. Again, when I went to college oh so many years ago, there wasn't a lot of help, so to speak. Now there's all kinds of experts that can help you with test prep. They can help you with essays. They can help you, you know, like myself, I can help you on the financial side of it and help do what help with the parent side of it. You know, I don't help students with their essays. I don't help students figure out what they want to be when they grow up. I'm not qualified for that kind of stuff. I'm qualified for need-based aid and merit aid and saving and investing and all that kind of stuff. So all those different pieces all have to come together. And then there's the challenge of some families are pretty simple. You know, if you've got just a couple of kids and they're likely to go to the local state school and everything's kind of clean and dry, great, but it gets more complicated when you have twins or triplets, or if you own a small business, so your income moves around and there's, you know, there's opportunities by owning a small business, but there's also more work to do. If your student's a far and wide kind of kid that says, you know, I'm thinking about New York or Colorado or California or Texas. Oh, well, are you going to go visit all those schools? That's a major undertaking all by itself. And, you know, if, again, divorced and blended families get more complicated. There's lots of inheritance is another big one where all of a sudden the finances change suddenly. And now it's like, okay, we got to redo this and figure this out again to figure out how do we, you know, use this inheritance efficiently and not blow it all on college if we don't have to. So there's a lot of different moving parts. And I think families need to realize that this is an ongoing project. This isn't, you're not going to sit down one Sunday afternoon and make your college plan. You're going to sit down one Sunday afternoon and make a plan and then you're going to revise it. And then you're going to make more plans. And then you're going to do some visits and then you're going to change your plan. And then that's going to be this evolving process, hopefully starting freshman, sophomore year, at least a little bit through the end of high school and launch them into college. I love the way that you recognize this as this evolving, I would use the phrase iterative process, right? That you set your goals and then life happens and then you adjust your goals and then life happens and you adjust it some more. And I also really appreciate realizing the amount of time that the college process is going to take, even while your kids are in high school, because I think that what happens so often 
is, you know, you go and you say, oh, my kid's going to be a senior. And you know that you're going to have senior night for all these different activities that they've done. And there's going to be lots of celebrations and a lot of milestone markings. But you forget that there's also going to be added into this all of these preparations for the next year, like all of the application processes and the college visits. And I do find that, you know, families have to think about what is our schedule going to look like this year and how are we going to create space for these extra things? Um, I work with a lot of graduate students at the university that I teach, and many of them are applying to doctoral programs and they are just flummoxed when they realize oh my gosh, I have to be finishing my thesis. But as I'm finishing my thesis, I'm also applying for PhD programs and flying out and visiting them. And if you don't recognize that you're going to have to make the space for all of those things, it can be really, really overwhelming. And so I guess one of my questions for you is if parents could do a few high level things that if they were to do those things, it would make most of the process easier what would those things be for you? Like if there's just like three things that as a parent would make your life a little bit easier, what would those things be? Start early is the biggest one, I think. And again, a lot of parents that went to college, you know, they stumbled, they they maybe thought about college or junior year and they might've done all the work their senior year. And that was fine when you just said, well, I take the take the test once and whatever the score I get is fine. You know, I always joke my prep for the AC. I sharpened some number two pencils and I got a good night's sleep. That was my prep for the ACT. That's not the way it works today. You know, some families are going to spend lots of time and effort just on the testing, let alone all the other pieces of the puzzle. So I think starting early, I think is important. And then understanding that there's things that parents can do and things that students need to do and things you do together. So you can kind of divide and conquer. Students don't understand how financial aid works and they don't understand taxes, that financial stuff. And again, a student could figure it out. Most of them won't because mom and dad are going to take that on. Your student doesn't need to be ready to visit a college. Your student doesn't need to be mature enough for you to do some of the financial side of college planning. So if you have a freshman, you know, you can start figuring out, well, assume they went to this private school or assume they went to this local state school. What would it look like? How much would it cost? Would we get aid? You can do that with just a test college. And then ultimately they'll go to whatever college they go to, but understanding the process I think is important. I, we pay for college with three things, time, money, and stress. And, you know, we can save time by spending more money. We can reduce stress by spending money, et cetera, et cetera, right? There's different ways to go about it, right? You can hire help. You can put more time into it, whatever it might be. But there is that balancing act of, you know, how many scholarship applications should we do? Well, as many as you can, you know, the more you apply, the more likely you are to win. But there's got to be a realistic limit, right? Students are busy. They can't, you know, do 100 scholarship applications, typically. I mean, then there's a few that maybe have, but it's a huge project, huge undertaking. The reality is a lot of families don't do any scholarship applications because they didn't start early enough. And then they realized that while it would have been good to do scholarship applications, they ran out of time because they had to focus on financial aid applications and just getting accepted. And then when it was time to do scholarship applications, that you know, time was up and they just didn't get it done. So I think those realizations of starting early, plan, you know, be flexible, I think are the most important pieces of it. I love kind of breaking that down into time, money, and stress. I think that's so accurate and concise. And I also think 
how important viewing this as a team project, right? A family project and how important it might be to sit down and say, okay, where are our values? And what does that mean in terms of the amount of time that we're going to dedicate to this? What does this mean in terms of the amount of money we're willing to invest in this? And where are we going to invest that money? Are we going to invest that money to decrease our prep time on this and make it faster, right? Or are we going to invest that money maybe down the road to relieve stress there? And so I think that it's really important to understand what your family's values are together. And then I love just recognizing too, that this is something that you can delegate out some of the responsibility across the family members, but how important it might be to communicate. This is what you are responsible for. And this is what I'm responsible for. And this is what we've hired someone else to be responsible for, I think is really, really important. So one of my questions, you know, that's kind of emerging for me with you is just, you know, what an interesting job this must be working families through this process, what are some of the areas that excite you the most to help families through? I think for most families, it's doable. It's often painful. I mean, and again, that's kind of the way it's been designed, right? When they invented need-based aid, it kind of what what happened is it, it made it painful for everybody, right? So people in the lower incomes, they get more aid, but they don't get enough aid that they say, oh, this is easy. You know, so if you're earning 50,000 and you have to pay five or 10,000 for college, that hurts. And if yeah. you're earning 250,000 and you have to pay 25,000 for college, that hurts. And if you're earning a half million and you have to pay 70,000 for college, that hurts. And that's kind of the reality, right? So wherever you are, but you don't always have to spend what they think you can afford, right? Just because you can afford to pay 70,000 for an expensive private, you could still choose a state school at 30,000 and or find a private school where you get scholarships, whether they're need-based or merit-based. So I think the biggest challenge and what excites me is it's very opaque for most families and they don't know what they don't know and they don't even know where to start. And as we start working together, you know, a plan falls in place. And, you know, I do that iterative process with families of, well, just start here, just go do some visits. Let's do some preliminary work, see how it goes. And then what you learn will help us decide. A lot of times I'm saying things like, okay, well, based on these test scores and these grades, you're not qualified to get accepted to this school. So you either have to change the schools or change the test scores, one or the other. You want to work hard on the testing and retake and do that kind of stuff, or you do want to change the, you know, so those types of, you know, and again, usually it comes together. And obviously, if you go to a typical college, they're full of students. So everybody figures it out at the end. The question is how stressful and how expensive was it as they work through the process? I say this often in the podcast that, we can make decisions that are going to make things easier on us, but there are some things in life that they can be easier, but they're never going to be easy. And I think that you're kind of highlighting that being proactive about our financial health and being proactive about planning for college, there are decisions and processes that you can do that are going to make it easier, but it's always going to be a little bit challenging. And to prepare yourself for that is really, really important and for that challenge and that you can help families make the process a little bit easier. And like that's that's important. And so I do know as somebody that's doing this financial planning work, you're really moving people through a process of saying, okay, so what is your goal? What is your vision for this? And how do we make that vision possible through a plan together? And so 
one of my questions for you is what have you really learned about planning and goal setting, moving people through this process? Yeah, I think it's a, most people cannot articulate what, what it is that they want from college, whatever it is. And it's an extremely emotional, I mean, there's nothing too good for my child is a very common theme, right? Well, that can't entirely be true because of the costs involved with, right? If you're just going to say, well, they can go to whatever college they want, as long as it's, you know, if it's the highest ranked college, but it's going to be 80,000 a year and it's going to bankrupt the family. You know, unfortunately, I've seen some families make that decision and you really shouldn't, in my opinion. And I think that's where you need to separate the facts from the emotion. And that's really, really hard. There's another challenge around your teenagers are starting to become their own people and they want to do their own thing and they don't want mom and dad making all the decisions and they don't, you know, and they don't necessarily want to do what mom and dad thinks needs to be done. So sometimes having an independent person in the middle, whether it's a hired advisor or even just like a, for me, it was uncle John Mm -hmm. and uncle John would occasionally step in and talk a little bit. And then we had a family friend that helped one of my kids write their essay because well, A, I'm not qualified. I couldn't help write an essay. And B, even if I could help, I doubt my help would be helpful because of I'm dad and what dad says is not true. Even though I do college for a living, I have no idea what I'm talking about when it comes with my kids, which is a very common problem of a typical 15, 16, 17 year old. Again, they're trying to launch, they're trying to get out from under parents' wings. And there's that little bit of tension. And unfortunately, that tension is happening the same time as college. I think the value of having a mediator, somebody that can be that voice that's objective and has the experience of moving a lot of people through these experiences it could be really reassuring, not only for parents, but like you said, could be helpful for the kids too, to feel like, oh, this isn't my parents telling me what I need to do. This is someone else bringing in their advice and their expertise. And so they feel like they can follow that advice and be making some independent decisions at the same time. So if someone wanted to work with you, if someone wanted to connect with you, how could they do that? Yeah. So all my information is available at tamingthehighcostofcollege.com. So we've got a free newsletter, the podcast, a number of different charts and resources to help you plan. And our phone number is there. There's ways you can just click for a meeting. So you certainly can reach out through the website in many different ways. And of course, if you're just wanting to get some basic information and get started, we've got things like the cost of colleges by state, where we show the you know the typical colleges at that state and what they cost, not just their list price, but their net price based on various income levels. So it's a great place to start and look some things up. We've got the college money report where you can put in your statistics and get an estimate of what a couple of colleges might cost based on need-based aid and merit aid. Again, a free free newsletter, all kinds of resources. So, you know, take advantage of them. Absolutely. Well, Brad, I'm so excited that we got to chat today. I think that the work that you're doing is so, so important. And I know that I will be scheduling a meeting with my husband soon so that we can maybe sit down because I know that we we could probably use a recalibration around our financial goals and um, just to make sure and check in that we're moving in the right direction so that when our kids are ready to launch off into college that we will be prepared and that they can have and that they can have their college dreams come true so i appreciate this so much thank you brad thank you for having me 
If this podcast has inspired you, guided you, or just made you laugh, the number one way that you can thank me is by leaving a written review for the show over on Apple Podcast. I'm seriously tickled every time that I hear from you all, so pop onto Instagram and follow Plan Go Plan and digital message me. I want to say hello. I want to geek out about all things planning and goal setting. Keep sensing the possibilities, y'all.